Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in Soco Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level, what in essence is high performance culture. We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high performance culture. Hi guys, so today we sat down and spoke with Georgie Starkey who is a kickboxer a Muay Thai competitor and also a fitness coach who's based in the UK. So Georgie actually has a very interesting past. She used to be a competitive horse rider, so we speak about that and then how she got involved in combat sports and the the transition between the two. Uh, We speak about her typical training week and what that looks like. We speak about the mindset of a fighter and how she balances the mindset required uh, with being a fighter with also being a coach. Uh, We talk about how she reacts when she senses blood in the ring in a fight as well as how she handles the whole flight or fight response uh, in the ring. So yeah, a good one to listen to, an interesting listen, and uh, very grateful to Jordi for coming on to speak to us. So as per usual, if you have any questions or comments from myself or David, we're there on Soco Performance or D Clancy Physio on Instagram. And Georgie is there as well. She is under Georgina Starkey. So that's S-T-A-R-K-I-E on Instagram as well. So yeah, any questions, comments for her, uh, just get in touch. Okay, enjoy guys. Okay, hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Sleepy Performer Pete. Today we are speaking to Georgie Starkey and I'm going to hand over to David who's going to give Georgie a bit of an introduction for all our listeners. So I met Georgie a couple of years ago when she had a little bit of an injury and I met her in London and I've also run into her quite a few times in Equinox where she's a personal trainer but why we wanted to get her on today is because she's a lot more than just a personal trainer and that's why we find her so interesting. She's a teacher, she's a coach, she's a fighter, she's a role model, and I suppose really she's she's an influencer in a lot of different people. And in essence, myself and Connor are looking forward to just hearing how Georgie Starkey has brought her to be the person that she is today and what makes her tick. So Georgie, welcome to the podcast. How's everything hello, around? Hello, hello, lovely to be here. So, so tell, us, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you're doing these days. So my sort of love and my devotion in terms of sports and where I sort of met you injuries has been through my sort of my fighting, which is what I do is K1, which is kickboxing. It's a sort of Dutch um, Muay Thai, which is also Muay Thai, which is a traditional Thai sport. And that is similar to kickboxing, but with knees and elbows. So it's quite a brutal sport, similar to boxing. So that is my area of expertise in the fitness industry, where I coach a lot of people, my speciality people come to me specifically for is the martial arts 
which is great because it's something I love and it's something that's spread me out amongst the fitness industry in different areas from group fitness to just private clients to introducing our people who aren't necessarily used to sort of exercise to then come into combat which is really sort of empowering as a woman so that's my area of where I've come from but originally back in the day when I was a little bit younger in my teens I actually used to ride horses um, for Great Britain and then from there I sort of went to a very high level when I was 16 decided to take a plunge move to London and then with that sort of competition mind I'm very much a, a person who likes to strive to compete for something so I like to train and then perform you know train for something to then show off what I've been practicing basically then found a love for martial arts and then just challenged all my energy into a bit more of an extreme sport than it was so with the horses so I've just developed in the industry and my love for the sort of the combat has taken me from being sort of Muay Thai K1 I then delved a little bit into MMA having been inspired by sort of like the uh, the sort of Ronda Rousey when she was in her time and she mm-hmm. sort of became quite famous very inspired by that so gave the uh, MMA a go did a couple of amateur bouts and then decided okay I definitely want to just stick to the stand-up for now because the whole situation with the uh, competing you know making money financially saving financially stabilizing yourself it was quite difficult trying to do all of those things do all of the disciplines required at a high level as well as making a relatively good income and, and living in London so I thought let me just focus on the stand-up and it's just gone on from there really so that's where I'm at in terms of like that's my area um yeah I mean ask me if you want me to specifically delve in on area any areas of my life with it being work or competing and I'm, I'm happy to go further by it well, I'm interested in a little bit about the dressage. You've gone from dressage right away to being kind of a female Remy Bumiaski, yeah? Like, how did you get involved in that, and, and do you miss it at all? Is is it something, do you ever get on a horse these days, or is that that's long in the past? Well, you'll, you'll know Leah. I know, obviously, you're a good friend of Leah's also. I actually, every now and again, when she's in London, we'll jump on the horses, and she's got some horses near the park, and obviously it's not competing, but it's nice to have a little gallop around Richmond Park, but... Back when I was, my, my, my original sport was horse riding, so my parents were very sporty, they were both rowers, yeah. which I'm not really interested in, weirdly, and I was very into the horses, so I started off with horses, obviously was recognised to be quite um, talented, and people were saying, oh, you know, you should get her a pony, got me a pony, eventually started competing, the next minute it was, okay, then I'm at, like, trials for the England squad, and then it was, okay, Britain, before you know it, it was, okay, you shortlisted for the Europeans, and this was from the age of like 13, very intensely from 13 to 16. So that was all like my childhood was very much, you know, you know, I was at school, but then at a weekend it was never like, you know, going to the cinema or playing out with friends. It's like, okay, you're away competing or you're going to France, you've got to take some days off school and make up for it. And it was all very um, like a sort of structured, disciplined, sporty lifestyle, which I wouldn't have regretted that in any other way because it's kind of made me who I am and I've, all the sort of events that I've been through and the, the sort of the focus and the drive and the, the sort of the, mental, the mentality you have to have as a sports person it makes, makes, as a child, it makes you sort of grow up quite quickly yeah. and it gives you that discipline and understanding how to deal with pressure, how to, how to sort of deal with certain scenarios, losses, wins, you know what I mean, emotions and yeah, yeah, pressure sure. from when you're working in a team you know, we would have four people competing, you know, on the British team in the Europeans. And it was like, you know, if three of us get a certain score, 
score and then the last one doesn't get a good score, then that could drop us from, you know, a silver team medal to a bronze team medal. So it's like, okay, they, you have a certain pressure that you need to get a certain score for the team if we're all going to get a certain medal. So it was like, you know, as if you're in, you know, basketball or something and you're all as a team, if somebody's not performing, then, oh, they could have got that in there if, you see, if so-and-so was in that place to deliver here. So that was a great thing as a young person to have that sort of um, element of competition side of sport to make you really deal with how to deal with, like, you know, sporting emotions. And then after sort of, like, reaching the age of 16, I competed at a very high level and achieved really much as I really wanted to. But I also had other areas of interest that I was sort of interested in, in terms of, like, um, education. You know, I was still doing my, my school work, my GCSEs, and then there was things I was actually interested in, production and TV work. So I then came to London to try and pursue that, but then got drawn into a friend who was like, okay, you would love this Muay Thai class come and give it a go, came and gave it a go, and then I was hooked, I literally thought, okay, let me do this again, I was doing it once a week, then it became twice a week, then it was three times a week, and then it became, okay, now you're going to go and try this place, because this place has got so-and-so fighters from there, so I thought, okay, and then you put yourself in the best place, and then as I became very interested in more knowledgeable, I was then thinking, okay, I want to be quite good at this, Mm. I actually want to be the best at this. Yeah. So we went to the best place to train, tried different places in London, decided which place I I sort of enjoyed the most, and I thought, okay, this is a good environment. And I'm, I was quite, you know, clued up as to picking out good, you know, good shooters, because having been, like, in sport from quite a young age, I was quite sort of clued up as to think, okay, I like the way this person teaches, this person's quite fun, but obviously you're learning a new sport, so I wasn't at all completely knowledge- as knowledgeable as I am now. Um, so you tried those and then got established with one group which is called KO, KO Gym and then ended up doing the first interclub and then it was another fight and then before you know it you're then going for your professional fight and time has flown by and I've just developed and grown just from loving it and that's I think how you should be in life in general especially in sport you have to just go with what you love doing because it can I mean okay it it can become a little bit annoying sometimes I think I don't want to get up and go training but if there's a fight in the diary you can't afford to you can't afford to skip your routine, you can't afford to skip your training. That's just the discipline that you have to have when it gets tough, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's how I transferred from Dressbox to sort of, when I moved to the city, obviously I then had to delve away from the horses. And I thought, do you know what, when I'm older I can always go back to it because Dressbox is the kind of sport that, you know, you can be 40 or 50 years old and ride the horse and still be in the Olympics because my trainer, he's like in the Olympics and he's 50 years plus and it's a sport that I think, you know, you can do it a little bit older as well. So if I was like, you know, 30 plus and going into my 40s, I'd think, okay, do you know what? You know, life's taking me in a different direction. I might go back and give the riding a go again. Yeah. But in my prime, in my 20s, I thought, okay, this is the age that you're going to try another sport. It's going to be now because this is when my body's at its peak to be able to go through the hammering that it can do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. So, Georgie, talk us through um, a typical training week for you at the moment, what your, your training schedule looks like. Okay, so training will be early in the morning, from about 6, 6.30. I will be in the gym with one of my coaches. I'll do um, one or two hours. I'll do one and a half hours with him on pads, or it could be one day it'll be pads, one day it could be technical sparring, so we have shin pads on, and we'll be doing technical drills on each other. Um, I will then, after that, do a set of... Um, I'll do some conditioning from similar to sort of CrossFit style, I'll do some weightlifting some days, and then some 
picked them from Cardia the other day, some plyometric explosive work. So that will be in the morning. I will then go and teach and work throughout the day. I teach personal training, so I'll be around London. I've got clients in like Canary Wharf and then in Kensington. So straight from that, I will then have like an hour to recoup, eat, go and tra- go and teach some clients throughout the day. If it's a sunny day like today and I have like an hour free, I will sit in the park and maybe just put my feet up, have a little break before yeah. the evening comes, and then come 7 p.m., 8 p.m., back in the gym, um, training with a team of people. So there'll be like a group of us, it'll be like the, the fighters, and we'll be doing a class. It can be from pads, we'll be sparring. And then it can be sprints afterwards or a long run. So that's, I tr- usually train twice a day, five days a week. Um, and then usually Saturday, Sunday, it's just once in the day, usually because I'm quite busy with work. So that seems to be quite good. Then coming to fight camp, when I've got a fight in the diary, I'll be then tapering off work slightly, which is where I have to manage things. Because being a freelance, sort of, um, being a freelance person in the fitness industry, I'm able to shift my work around which helps with fighting um and then i will then have more time to recover because my training will be a bit more intense with the sprints and stuff and i'll need more rest and recovery because otherwise i end up overkilling overburning and then that's when injury can come into play which unfortunately i have learned the hard way through that so you know that's the way it goes but what a great way i got injured and then other doors opened as i've met david himself from my Mm -hmm. injury so you know, one door closes, other doors open. So, you know? tell us about your mindset, Georgie. As a, as a fighter, you're you're having to show empathy. You're encouraging or teaching people when you're working with your clients during the afternoon in Canary Wharf. And the mindset of of how you adopt and approach those individuals might be very different to then when you have to switch on because you're in the ring at seven o'clock that evening or when you're doing your training sparring with your pads in the morning how does your mindset have to switch between the two is that something that's easy is it something you have to think about just talk us through that a little bit um so my mindset when i'm training is obviously a little bit different to say people who maybe come to me and they want to train and they want to do combat and martial arts for recreation so you have to be adaptable in terms of okay i'm a fighter when i get down to the gym and my coach puts it on me, he knows that there's no time, um, there's no messing about, we have to get down to business. Sometimes if I feel sick, sometimes just you have to push through. And that's the mindset he has to adopt to me, having learned from working with me, how to deal with me and yeah. how to push me and everyone has their boundaries. And that as a fighter, he has to become quite resilient to pain. In a sport that's quite tough on the body and tough on the mind, you have to become quite hard in the fact that I have to suck up feelings that might be, okay, that hurts, I want to like stop and take a breather, sometimes you have to learn, uh-uh, you've got to crack on, suck up the pain, it doesn't get, it doesn't, go, it, you know, you don't win fight easy. Going from that mentality, which is what I adopt in my training, I then have to just take a step back and obviously I take this, I'm quite sort of a, a motivated and hardworking person as it is and that comes across through when I'm teaching my clients, but then... I have to adopt a little bit more of a different approach because not everybody is out here looking to fight. Not everybody is out here to look to sort of push their bodies to the absolute limit. They want to be able to enjoy the session, learn and create, you know, and have that element of I'm doing combat, I'm learning how to be, um, how to be sort of like defending myself and attacking and being aggressive. But also, they might not want to fight. So I have some clients 
for example, I have some fantastic Arab ladies who I've been training for like five years now. And they've come from becoming very, very naive and not wanting to even move around the gym, just very new to exercise, to then actually now becoming quite, they're now obviously boxing is a five day week, it's five days a week for them. And they, they get in the, you know, they get in the, in the gym, they get that sort of, okay, it's time to work. And, but they're not looking to fight, but they have adopted this, this attitude of, okay, it's work time, we mean business, it's a two minute round, we work hard for those two minutes, and then you have 30 second recovery, and then you're back in shop in the two minutes. And it's that, okay, you might feel a little bit tired now, but let's go. And it's that mentality I have with them is, again, it's still, yes, let's go. You've got that fighting spirit, you can still do this, you've still got to push yourself through, because again, to improve with your body, you're not always going to do it just adopting the, okay, it hurts, okay, we stop now, because sometimes you have to push through fatigue, you have to push through lactic acid, which is going to help you then improve and then, again, get better recovery time, etc., etc. So you do have to push your plan to a certain extent, but maybe not to the extent that it is where they might just want to turn around and say, okay, I'm walking out of the session now, you're making it so unenjoyable, Georgie, I'm not going to be here, and I don't want to be here. Because yeah. if you like that with all your time, you're not going to maintain, but that's something as a coach, you have to learn to adapt to different personalities, you have to adopt a different approach, you know, I have some clients, and I think, you know, the more and more I shout at them, the more and more, it might just go one through one ear and out the other, it might not, you know what I mean, they might not take on board yeah. that teaching approach. And then you have other clients who maybe, you know, if you do get after them a little bit with your voice, your tone or your whatever, that might get them going, you know? So it's learning again as an individual how to adapt to different people, personalities, males, females, etc., etc. But I always, my mentality, I always have, I'm quite a sort of a hard approach, a sort of go-get-the-energy-bunny type person, yeah. which is what I'm renowned for, which is why I'm, I don't know, that's the sort of energy I have. But again... I learn to taper it to certain scenarios depending on my client. But the majority of the time, it's a very much let's get up and go to business type, type approach. So, Georgie, one of the things I always find interesting about MMA is this idea of um, self-perception and the backgrounds that fighters bring in with them. So, would you classify yourself as an MMA fighter with a background in Muay Thai, or would you classify yourself as a Muay Thai fighter who does a bit of MMA, or, or neither, or, or both? I'm K1 fighter, so definitely just that with a background. I have history of doing MMA. Okay. So I don't predominantly train MMA all the time. Every now and again, I'll jump in and do like a jiu-jitsu class, or I'll jump in and do some wrestling with my friends because I have the skills and because I've done it in the past. But now I would only, I'm really only interested and I like personally is the, the K1 kickboxing um, and the Muay Thai. So it's the stand-up. So it's, Boxing knees and elbows, and as soon as it, you know, as soon as say you have a takedown and somebody goes to the floor, the ref boom, stop, get back up, reset, fight. So it's whereas MMA is stand up and then you can have a takedown. They're on the floor and then they're grappling, they're, they're wrestling, etc., etc. That's where the ground work comes in. But that's I prefer to stand up. Um, but you want the honest truth behind that? When I was actually training and doing a lot of um, grappling and jiu-jitsu, I was. I mean, you'll be aware of this like rugby players, you get um, kind of collet out ears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of friction going on between the ears when you're wrestling and stuff. And as a female, I'm doing some sports modelling. <laughs> you know, I'm Not the most attractive look for you, maybe. Female femininity about me, and I was just thinking, parts of this sport I love, but there's parts of it I 
Talk to us and relive a moment you've had in the ring thus far that just went exactly according to plan. Maybe it was a knockout or you you tapped someone out or just talk us through one of the highlights of many, I'm sure, that you've had in the ring thus far. Of how I feel or the actual event and the time and what happened? No, just kind of what happened at that point in time or, or how you can remember it. Yeah, it's more just kind of what, what you can recall as going through your head at that particular moment. When, when you're sensing blood, maybe, and then you're going, oh, this is okay. the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. I get it every day. <laughs> every day in sparring. Um, well, not every day, but most days when I'm sparring. I mean, the mentality, like, when you're, when you're fighting, obviously, the aim is to, be, is to hit and not be hit. So, you're always, your mind is going 100, like, 100 miles an hour. How can I... How can I get through this person? How can I pick this person off? And your mind is constantly thinking, okay, how can I adjust to then not being, not repeating the same mistakes when this person's attacking me? Or how can I pick their faults and see where they're going wrong, where I can see openings to then um, to then advance and, and, and basically beat them? Um, how I feel, you have to have a very, you can't be worried about hurting I mean, we're all in there with sport. The game is is a hard game. You're not here to sort of win points. It's a tough game. I have the mentality, you go in there to hurt. I go in the ring to hurt somebody, which I am not an aggressive and I am not a violent person outside of the gym. I am mm. the, most, the complete opposite. I yeah. would never want to hurt anybody in a million years. But in the ring, this is, for me, I love the sport because it's very challenging on your mind and your body. And it's about how you can adapt in a scenario when someone anyone who's trying to attack you will beat you up how you can attack how you can respond mentally yourself to defend yourself and I think that's such an amazing skill to have as anyone comes to fight me how I respond and how I am equipped to deal with that person it's a it's a very self self sport which is why I like it. I'm not doing it because I want to beat somebody up I am not like that it's more about me being skilled enough be able to adapt to all these different people put in front of me so that's why i like it just in case you're thinking okay right she gets the kick out of beating people up mm-hmm. which isn't the case uh, yeah. but when you do obviously it's quite a an overwhelming feeling when you have you know you go into a fight and luckily all my fights i've been sort of the the dominant the aggressor the i'm a very forward fighter so i'm very like in your face invading on your head basically i'm just on the case resilient hot like literally non-stop so well, they call me like Duracell money so that's why I'm quite like in their face and when you're in there I do have because I've been 
the great people around me who coach me are very, they imprint in my training. You're in there to hurt, you're in there to damage, nothing for free. You know, as much as it's a sport where, it's a sport where, you, can, where you can score, you have to go in there to damage because that's, that's how you're going to win, that's how you're going to hurt people, that's how you're going to get exposure. If the big promotions have you, you're going to get exposure from being a, a good, hard fighter. If you're a tippy-tappy fighter and you're just, you know, throwing kicks which scores, but there's no effect shown, it's a bit it's a bit boring to watch. You want to be a dominant, strong fighter, so I have to go in there and be able to out-strength, out, be out stronger than my opponent and to inflict more pain on them because that is the fighting game but then at the end it's all respect it's all okay you know you've come in here you've trained hard you've done a good fight and so have I so I respect you for that it's no personal thing it's no I've got no personal aggression towards anybody if that helps yeah so you have to be you know you're locked in you're in the zone you're in your flow state when it doesn't matter about the crowd or the coach you're at that point when yeah. you're it's autopilot nearly because you've done all the training already you kind of sense 100%. you sense now is the time and it's just georgie's just taking so, over exactly so when you're in the ring and you're fighting all the hard work's done like there's nothing in there that you can change like the way that you train mentally in training is the way i'm gonna fight you know nothing's gonna i mean there are people who maybe don't maybe deal with pressure very well and there have been friends in the past who They've been so great in training. They've, you know, done had great sparring sessions, and they go in the ring, and it's almost like they freeze. And you think, oh, what's going on? You know, because they haven't quite adapted to the surroundings or whatever. And you know, different people react in different ways, and that's why, obviously, with time, like in any sport, the more you do it, the better you're going to become. The more practice you get, the better you're going to become. Because originally, you know, some people can, like my first fights, I used to be quite. When I have adrenaline and I'm under adrenaline, I seem to go quicker. I seem to be more, you know, it's fight or flight, I will be like, but whereas some people, they might feel the pressure and freeze, you know? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's one of those that you have to be able to learn to deal with whatever you feel in the sort of pressure environment and then um, just crack on with how you would in training, really. Yeah. So, George, we've got three quick fire questions we, we give to everyone who comes on so it'll be just interesting to get your answers on these um, uh-huh. first up what, how would you define high performance what does that term mean to you high performance yes um, being in your peak state of performance um, being in your peak state of fitness and skill um, to deliver the the sport that you're doing so for me like peak performance would be where I'm just prior to going to a fight, I'm peak fitness level, peak um, peak skill level in all my in all my sort of uh, skills, and I'm ready to basically perform to the competition state. Whereas I would then, you know, have some time off afterwards where I then wouldn't be at my peak state, for example. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, perfect. And then um, in terms of regaining an edge, if you're ever in a fight or in training and something happens that doesn't go according to plan. It's like the famous Tyson quote where he says everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. What what do you do to regain your edge or re- reset your focus? Okay, so if anyone if, if, if ever anyone knocks me down in the ring, I would never stand up too soon because I would because sometimes if you stand up too quickly, you'll wobble over and then that can be it. That can be called off. The fight can be called off because you stood up too quickly and you lost it. So I would just take a breather. I would breathe for three seconds, regain focus, and then stand up and then get back to the best state possible I can do with the scenario being whether I've been punched or whatever or knocked out I would just 
gain as much conscious state and as much focus back as I possibly could in as small time as possible and get back to focused state. Okay. And I, would, I wouldn't get up too quickly. Perfect. That's one thing that I see a lot of low fighters do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, lastly, what, what are your big three in life at the moment, Georgie? What are the three things that define you as, as a person, as a fighter, as an all-rounder at the moment? In life, in training? Um, Either or. It can be training, it can be life, it can be a, a philosophy you live by, it can be all of the above. Or a motto even. Well, her um, consistency could definitely be one of your three, as in those are those are attributes you're kind of attaching to yourself. Then you're someone that hard work and consistency is important. I think the desire to learn, the desire to keep, to constantly learn in something that you love. I think the sort of love that I have and the sort of devotion that I have to the sport, because I'm very interested and I'm very, because I love the sport, I'm always wanting to, okay, who's fighting? what can I watch what can I learn to make myself more knowledgeable about you know what I mean what fights are going on so I think learn uh, learning is always key um, it's a tricky it's a tricky question hang on I'm trying to think what I'm trying to think how to, like what defines me yeah. um, my Basically, Georgie, if you're going off to the Bermuda Triangle tomorrow and you have to write on three little, if you have to write on a sheet of paper so that yeah. I'd go, I remember her because those three things were her or that meant a lot to her, you know, that's something you could think about. Oh, do you mean, if, say, say, I was, say, say if I was going to go and fight and somebody was like, okay, why would I watch Georgie? Yeah. Or if I was going to go and fight and Well, you're, Laser you're focus. loving, consistent, and vicious. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's an interesting I, combination. A kind of cute and cuddly great white like, shark. Honest, the reason people come watch you fight, like, I like to spot a show, when I go and I do my way in, yeah, I like to not be, because a lot of females in this sport aren't like, I like to put on a show, right, and I'm a bit of a girl outside of, outside of the gym, and in the gym I'm just like a little tomboy. So when it comes to like fight days, and so I put on like, I'll be glammed up, go to my way in, and I'll look like a, I'll look like something like you wouldn't think I was going to fight, you know? I would look like a nice, nicely dressed up, have a really nice, like, underwear set, and I would look, like, hot, you know? <laughs> waiting. So you get a lot of attention, you get a lot of people thinking, oh, my God, like, that girl, what, is she actually going to be in the ring tomorrow? What, okay, that looks interesting to watch. Gets the eyes, gets the views, before you know it, you sold loads of tickets, and you're like, book. So why would you come to me? I don't know, I'm just... Maybe it's just smart marketing, or maybe it's just my diverse personality, or my diverse, I don't know. Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, is that well, any help? Well, that's done, that's good. Georgie, look, what, what I want to say was, thank you very much for coming on today. You're somebody that is, you're tough, you're loving, you're disciplined, you prepare a lot, you're resilient. 
you've done a lot of interesting things through the years from dressage to training you're still training and coaching in the afternoons and then you're you're working in the ring either side of that you seem to be somebody uh-huh. that from from our time together you you've always been hungry to learn and evolve and push yourself really hard and i suppose myself and connor here from dublin are just wishing all the best and we don't want to see you knocked out. We want to see you knocking, knocking girls out never, week in, week I out. Love that, of course. You'll never see me knocked out. <laughs> there you go. Just keep pushing on. Hit and not be hit. So thanks very much for coming on today. Oh, no, thank you so much, guys. Wish you all the best as well. Cool. Take care. Thanks, Georgie.